RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Mr. Mike Opelka and Beans. Beans. I tried to sound so fancy, and then you come in with Beans. <laughs> so uh, how are we celebrating this, the anniversary of Minnesota joining the Union in 1858? Are you doing anything special? Are you trying to name the 10,000 lakes, etc.? cetera? No, um, actually, I'm making an announcement, Mike. Oh, you are? Okay, yes. good. I'm making an announcement that we will not be having a show on Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's how I'm celebrating. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, today uh, today is also Eat Whatever You Want Day. Is it? Yeah. yeah, it is. So if you could eat whatever you wanted to eat today with no consequences to your health, your weight, whatever, what would you consume today? Is there one food that you normally avoid? Only one. I No, I'm just saying, okay, what would you prefer to eat? If you could eat anything today, what would it be? Today, I would have, since I do have a very strict dietary restriction, I would have probably a chicken cordon bleu made my way with potentially a hot dog for lunch, mm. um, a nice dirty water dog from New York. Um now we're talking. Uh, maybe a sausage and pepper sandwich. And uh, that, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Like you're at a festival on a street somewhere having a, having a sausage and pepper sandwich off the Zeppeli cart. Yeah. And then you go grab a dirty water dog. And then you eventually stumble into the Russian tea room. Yes. Yes. Sounds like, like the perfect day. It does sound like a good day. It's a very good day. That's excellent. Uh, what I'm about proud you? Uh, I'm going straight for a, uh, a bottle of Domaine Chandon, an American-made sparkling wine that is uh, a joint venture of the houses of Moet and uh, Dom Perignon and a vat of uh, caviar, Savruca. Mm. And uh, I, I'm getting a, my bone spoon out and I'm scooping up a big thing of caviar and, mm, 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 and then sipping on some champagne. Wow. Well, that's quite the day. Look at the difference. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I probably will stop by and eat a hot dog, dirty water dog any day now. I know. So, you lucky bastard. I am a lucky. I know I'm a lucky bastard, ain't <laughs> I? <laughs> yes. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was the purity test that activists on the conservative side are, are inflicting upon people. I'm not comfortable with that word. What? I don't think we could use the word purity when we talk about anybody in politics. I really <laughs> just say, well, I'm not talking about politicians. I'm talking about figures, leaders, quote, people well, who have put themselves out there and, and have begun to, you know, do something. Well, I, I also think um, we all have a skeleton in our closet or everybody's got a history. Nobody comes to this current status uh, like Mother Teresa, even though there are a lot of rumors about Mother Teresa, too. Mm, I don't have to get into that today. Okay. But. So you're saying that there is a, a push to disqualify people from taking on a social cause because of something in their personal lives? Yeah, or things manufactured that other people, like, jump onto. Like, 
I, I see these like ideological, not even ideological, just even personal purity tests being like thrown about like, well, he said this one time, so I can't support him. Meanwhile, the person in question has been doing more for this country at more great personal sacrifice than than many people that walk around on the earth today. So you're discarding and and libeling and slandering somebody based off of one tiny little thing that has nothing to do with really anything in the grand scheme. And then and then, you know, like I say, for example, like pretend this is a hypothetical. There's a, a, a multimillionaire who comes in and says, you know what, I used let's say I used to be on the left, but now I realized what's going on here and, and I can't sit by and let this happen anymore. And I'm a little bit crazy and eclectic because I'm a I'm a multimillionaire who made tons of money. So I say crazy things sometimes, but I'm also funding to the tunes of millions of dollars, tons of grassroots efforts run by real patriots around the country to get things done. What do people do instead of saying, oh, my gosh, look at what this person is doing. They they create conspiracy theories and, you know, ulterior motives and other people attack them. And they just, they you know, eventually people are like, you know, I'm leaving. Grassroots doesn't have any billionaires funding them for anything, right? So if we ever get one, the last thing we should do is crucify that person. And again, I'm not, I know that there's going to be a ton of people like, oh, she's talking about this person or that person. I'm not, I'm throwing a hypothetical out. Like if somebody comes about wanting to support good work by other people, like if they're definitely like doing something shady or connected to bad people or whatever, fine. But there's guilt by association. I see all the time if somebody takes a photo with someone, Mike, then all of a sudden they're connected somehow. And they you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's just crazy. It is crazy. And there are myriad, myriad examples that come to mind, uh, starting with Mary Magdalene and uh, going up to me posing with Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski and people going, how could you have a photo with those two? And uh, I said, because it's funny. And yeah. I have I have an entire folder entitled I can explain. Well, it's I mean, it's it's and it's a, it's it's a big deal because let's just say this also this other thing where people don't realize they're doing it, but they're socialists. Have you have you seen this at all? Which one? I mean, there's so many examples of people not understanding socialism so, and, and, and going when you point it out to them, they go, oh, I didn't think of that. So there are people that that outright attack folks for profiting off of a piece of work that they've done. Right. So like, let's say you make a movie or you, I don't know, you make a speech or you like the 2000 mules movie. For example, I see tons of people yelling and screaming that for one day, if they wanted to watch a movie, they had to pay $30 for it. So, okay, wait a minute and don't watch it that day or don't go see it in a theater and then it'll be available for you afterwards. Like people are angry that there's been any money made off of this movie when it costs money to do it. I had somebody complain they had to spend 25 or $35 to go to um, an event that we're having on Friday. I mean, $35. If you don't have it, things are tough, then just don't go. But to yell at the people doing the event, saying that they're trying to like, that they're, they shouldn't be charging for this. How do you think the venue gets reserved and the food gets paid for and the people get paid? How do you think that happens? Oh, folks need to understand that there's a lot before and after anything gets made and shown or displayed. I, look at cars. The, the car companies may make a car 
and charge X amount of dollars for it. And people get their drawers in a bunch when in reality, that car may have been in development for 10 years and you didn't pay a penny for that. But when it's finally perfect, you buy it and that cost goes into it. The same with the book. How long did it take to make 2000 mules? A long time. And yeah. and not only that, but you don't have to buy the car and you don't have to go see the movie. Nobody's forcing you, but to, to publicly ridicule people, it just, it's like, are you, are you a socialist? Like if somebody's making a hundred thousand dollars for an appearance, that's because the market will pay it. That's how yep. it works. If the market wouldn't pay it, they wouldn't be getting it. Exactly. And the free market is the greatest generator of freedom and liberty anywhere. So uh, to let the government come in and set the prices, which is what uh, I'm calling him now, uh, not clueless Joe, I call him a deaf ears Joe, because everything's falling on deaf ears. He's talking about uh, pricing and how the government's going to get involved. Then you got Elizabeth Warren uh, jumping up there and screaming and hollering about profits and the obscene nature of profits. And we, we can go back 10 years to when Maxine Waters in a hearing said this Democrat will be all about socializing, uh, uh, taking over your oil companies. And then there's one more thing on this vein and we can move on from it. But I just have to say this because Uncover DC and what I do, it's always free, right? So everything we do is always free for everybody. Even the podcast is free for everybody to listen to. It's always free. There's never anything behind a paywall. There's like very little advertising on the website. And then people inevitably, anytime I say, if you like what we're doing, please consider supporting it. And they yell at me for asking for financial donations to keep our lights on and to keep the work going on. Right. And I say, okay, open up a shop and sell trinkets and tell everybody who comes in that they can have whatever they want for free. They don't have to pay for it, but maybe if they like what they're taking, they can give me something, come up with a number. It doesn't matter on your own and run that business. And you tell me how it goes. Well, let's see. These are people who have no idea of reality. None at all. It's, and, it just uh, makes me mad. It's like, what the hell do you expect? I have people I'm paying a salary to. I, I, I have, to, and you ever, I don't get it. Like I just, it just baffles my mind. Like, do you go to work and tell your boss, pay me if you want? Like what the hell? Well, these are the same people who are all impressed when John Bon Jovi opens a restaurant that says, pay what you can afford. And then a month later, the restaurant's closed because nobody was paying. And so I'm honored that people do, Mike, because they don't have to. They don't have to, and they do. And that's kept us kind of afloat so far. But, like, I don't ask a lot, and people yell at me all the time. They say, you should be asking more. You should be saying it more. You should be – but I'm not like that. I'm just – I'm not like it. I don't like, I don't like, it feels, it, it's uncomfortable, but. Well, that, that's always the thing. You know, there is a certain kind of um, genetic makeup that drives salespeople. And a lot of us are like, I could never be the salesperson who walks in and, and convinces somebody. But there are people who live for that. That's their adrenaline charge when they make that sale. I, I'm the person who, like you, thinks that we are creators and we create content and share that content and when it is appreciated, that's our paycheck. That's yeah. that's and it's nice when people pay us. By yeah. the way, you could charge more than fifteen bucks for the uncovered DC socks. I'm just saying they're pretty. <laughs> it's pretty cheap for a pair of socks. There's a shop 
They're on nice. DiscoverDC.com. And nice. the Kofefe beans mug is pretty cool too. You know, I, I, you know, the work that went into making sure that all that stuff was quality too. I, I tested so many different things of things and made sure like if you're buying a t-shirt, you're getting a t-shirt that you're going to be like, Ooh, it's not one of those cheap, stiff crap t-shirts. Anyway, you're much, you're much more dedicated than I like, you know, I, occasionally I will create an item to sell. Like I'm right now you can buy Fort Pelosi mugs that show the Capitol with the fence around it. And, or you can buy uh Buck Fiden uh, <laughs> mugs and, and it's, it says Buck Fiden uh, <laughs> unity czar. Cause remember when he said he was going to be the great uniter. Yeah. So you, you can buy Buck Fiden mugs and it's just a mug. I'm not going to spend any time really like road testing it. It's a damn ceramic mug. Go, go spend 15 bucks on it and I'll get two. So, you know, that's my take. I mean, you're much more dedicated than I. I cared you- too much, I think, sometimes about these things. <laughs> but yes, I, I see the finish line coming for me. It's it's a lot closer than it is for you. So I I I dismiss many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, you've got a, a long career that I'm just pretty much really getting to the stage in my life where I want to like, I want to change things. I want to be, I want... I want my legacy to be, you know, something to be proud of. Like I want to, I want to impact change that makes the world better and help people. And like, I'm I'm at this place where I don't like being stagnant. I don't like it. I always want to be doing something better and more important and more impactful. And you're like, I'm going to go to golf. (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. You're, you're only half correct. I do want to play golf. But I I also believe that I have responsibility and I think mine is to make sure the next generation behind me has every experience or every interaction they can to keep the torch lit. Yeah. And and you're part of that. And I, I even count years ago when I introduced Glenn back to Agenda 21 because I was obsessed with it and nobody was paying attention to it. And now, essentially, the U.N. is really moving forward with Agenda 21. And we here in America are co-opting this. Um, nobody talked about it yesterday. The World Health Organization yeah. Yeah. Is, is really close to a vote that would give our health decisions to them. Is that OK? I've been reading about this and a lot of people have been emailing in about it as well. And Bannon had somebody on the show yesterday to talk about this. And yeah. I you'll never guess who he had. Who? Michelle Bachman. Oh, yeah. She, yes. Yes. Who may may or may not have gotten some work, as they say in Hollywood. (laughs) Just saying that when she smiles, her ears wave. Oh, my gosh. Well. Maybe that's too catty for me. But Michelle Bachman was talking about it, and she knows because she's right there where the meetings are going on. I I think that, um, I don't know how that would ever stand. We have, we have sovereignty. I don't, I don't understand how. Um. Under the Biden administration, did we not cede control of the Internet to the world? Didn't we not surrender? Wasn't that under the Obama administration that we gave up the domain naming rights or whatever? That's what I just said. You said Biden. Oh, I'm sorry. I I probably said, oh, Biden, because I'm I'm catching. (laughs) Same guy. Joe's a stupid spreader. He's not a super spreader. He's a (laughs) stupid spreader. So, yeah. 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 So I'm concerned about that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it would stand. I mean, I think the lawsuits would come and the Supreme Court would get involved. And I don't know how the who could ever come on United States soil and think that they're going to force anybody to do anything. Like, I don't know how they think that would work. 
Please don't denigrate one of the great rock and roll bands of all time by calling them the who. The World Health Organization. Thank you. My apologies. The WHO. But see, Trump takes us out of the WHO and Biden drags us right back into it. It's not even an elected organization. Like we didn't, I don't, I don't know how the mechanics of it would work. I've only seen, this is the problem. Here's the problem. I've only seen fear mongering about it and nothing, nothing more calm and and measured and, and looking at, at all different sides of it. So whenever something starts that way, to me, it's, it's always something that I'm very cautious about because that means that it's being used in some way. Whenever it starts as all fear, brimstone and crazy and it never changes, that's a problem all the time, in my opinion. Well, you're right to light that caution lamp because otherwise we become the offendanista class. Those people who get up every day and light their hair on fire. I want to bring everybody on this on this vein back to some reporting that came out of Bannon show months and months and months ago about how the reason why it was before the Shanghai lockdown. But they were talking about how Marburg virus is on fire and it's it. They're hiding it and they're covering it up. And so many people are dying from it, but they're not sure they don't have real information. This is just what they think is happening. And Marburg virus is going to come here to the United States and everybody's going to be bleeding out of their eyes. And that was basically the tone and tenor. And then at the end of the article, it said there's no real way to know. But this is a plausible situation. No, look it up. Marburg virus is common in the region of China. They were talking about it. It, it, it happens every single year. It's. First of all, it's so deadly that it can't spread the way that it would need to to cause a pandemic of Marburg because it kills so many of its hosts that it wouldn't be. That's not how that's not how, you know, pandemics can go. COVID became so widespread because it doesn't kill so many of its hosts. So unless, you know, and what happened? Do we have any cases of Marburg in the United States? No, no. And people should understand Marburg is an Ebola cousin. Marburg came from a nun, I think it was a German nun, that got Ebola and brought it back to the Marburg region in Germany. Then that then somehow got over to China. But the animals it, have it. It's a hemorrhagic fever. Yes. That, and in the first iteration, when it comes out, when Marburg rises from its slumber, in the first iteration, it's about 90% fatal. And then as it jumps looking for a new host, it drops to about 50 and then it drops to about 20% and then it dies down again until the next one wakes up. Well, there are several and, different variants of it as well. And, and honestly, like there were like the reason why it took off the way it did, I think is because just like they kind of telegraphed how the pandemic would happen. They also telegraphed Marburg. Like there were people in positions of quote, establishment power in the health organizations around the world talking about it. So automatically people are like, well, they're telling us that this is what they're going to do. Now, is that to say that they might not engineer Marburg to come and take out? No, but it wasn't happening right then. And coming off the heels of COVID to freak the hell out of everybody on something unverified that is just basically rumor was terrible to me. So I'm very careful about everything, everything. That's smart. You're you're very smart. You're unlike me, who tends to just have wild emotional swings. Well, not today. We're good. We're better no. than Monday. Monday wasn't even bad. We got you right out of that funk. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, I'm I'm funkless today. Good, good. 
Okay, so now that I've gotten that all off my chest, which I'm sure will take much scorn and ridicule, just like the way when I happen to elucidate for a moment that I might be a little pessimistic about the witnesses being called by Durham for Sussman, I took a slow, like a battering ram to the face in the comments section. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, guys, look, it's one thing for people to sell you hope all the time. You know, it's another th- another thing. Oh, now that we're on this, Mike, re- l- let me read this to you. The- All right. <laughs> I got to find it because I wasn't really ready for this today. But this is the newest thing floating around out there. I'm going to pause the show real quick. Breaking. The Supreme Court justices of the United States have been assigned 24 hour military protection. This is true, right? The mm-hmm. guise is that the justices need protection due to the Roe v. Wade decision that is impending. That is False. The quote leak, which occurred this past week regarding the SCOTUS opinion to overturn Roe v. Wade was fake. This was designed to distract the left from the real decision that has been in front of the court, the 2020 general election. Within the next several weeks, the SCOTUS will be overturning the 2020 general election due to massive fraud in every single state. You have been watching a movie. I hope you enjoyed the most important time of human history. It's coming to an end. And it goes on. Hunter Biden's laptop implicates Joe Biden, Obama, Clintons and other elites in treasonous acts. The just out movie 2000 Mules shows conclusively that the 2020 presidential election was rigged and stolen. A George Soros team has been charged and pled guilty of perjury, perjury and evidence tampering. Over 1,200 people died during Pfizer vaccine trials. Following the release of Pfizer documents, it's now confirmed that 1,223 people died within the first 28 days after being inoculated with the Pfizer vaccine during trials, and it was still approved for use. PCR tests are DNA sampling to collect your DNA. COVID vaccines contains graphenes that make you a super powerful antenna so that they can connect with you, track you, and send you any information or data. They can brainwash you, control you, and send you subliminal messages. That is like almost, if it weren't so utterly ridiculous, the perfect piece of disinformation to go viral. Why? You tell me why. It's a buffet of disinformation. It's got something that almost everyone can latch on to and dismiss all the things that they don't agree with. So you you cast a wide net and you'll be, it's just, just enough of, of little acorns of truth that you could say, okay, a great oak tree is going to grow from this. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are facts, some facts in there, but they're, they're shrouded in, in, in utter nonsense, like sanity. Now, can you tell, okay. Can I say definitively that the Supreme court, um, yes, I can. Cause we can see their caseload. <laughs> Actually, I'm just trying to come up with something that I, that I, that is so like, you know, you can't prove it's not true. Like if, if, if George Soros has just pled guilty to something, show me the freaking court case. Show me the indictment. It's sealed. Oh, okay. Well then it can't be, it's either, it's either unprovable or blatantly false. Pick one. I see it. Well, there, uh, as I said, there's, there are one or two pieces of truth in there that you would then go, Oh, you know, that's crazy enough to be real. People that have just been shaken from their slumber would latch on to something like that because they think that everything they've ever known is is fake, which is true in a lot of cases. So it's easy to manipulate people. And then they get so passionate about those ideas that you cannot correct them and they become like a weaponized mob. Now, the difference between me, you and, you know, the government is that 
everything the government says is true is false and they want to police this sort of a thing. And I say, if these poor people want to believe this and not let anybody tell them any differently, they'll learn one day. Yeah, but it may be learning from within a gulag. I, well, if they keep, yeah, I mean. You know, this also sparks people to create bonds that they would not normally create. You know, you'll you'll latch on to somebody because you'll say, hey, um, I'm going to advocate for the uh, the complete uh, overthrow of the government based on this. And I know you believe this. Would you join me? That's how the uh, that's how the FBI gets its way into uh, entrap everyday citizens all the time. Hello, Michigan. We're yeah. talking to you pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So, so so funny. Glowies, as they call them. What do they call them? Glowies. Glow, why, what's a, why glowies? A glowy is somebody who's so obviously a fed that they glow. Oh, okay. Like the guys that all had the khaki pants. Yes. The same shirts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Hello, boys. Did I, you ever watch a crime movie where somebody goes, that guy's undercover. Look at his shoes. <laughs> you can tell. And so, then, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I. I just I laugh sometimes because people will flock to and latch on to and almost become cult like in a group um, when someone's telling them what they want to hear and just keeping it going. And they're profiting off of it and they're keeping it going and people are doling it out because it's it just they want to have some sort of shred of hope and they're not laying it out in front of people in a way that makes them at least informed of all options. That's all I mean. Which- this everywhere, and, and and especially in some of the uh, communities that could ill afford this. You you look at Ibram Kendi, this guy. How much money has this guy made selling his uh, his racist theories? And uh, you look at um, uh, the, the guy. He's ninety. I think he's ninety three years old today. Uh, Farrakhan, who is has just latched on to people who needed somebody to direct them. And he's made God knows how many fortunes spreading his hate, which is all lie based. And then you go right to uh, Al Sharpton. Yep. Who is now in the pocket of the big tobacco uh, because they're going to take away menthol cigarettes. Yeah, well, I mean, that that too. And it's funny that you say that because I happen to know somebody very, very well who um, was working for for Philip Morris for a long, 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 long time as one of their chemists and inventors. And it's very it's a very interesting story. And he told me that there is legitimately no added health defect from menthol. No, I don't think it's about the health. It's not. That's the point. It's it's not about the uh, health defect from menthol. It's about it's a gateway tobacco. To what? The menthol is the most dominant first cigarette to cigarette users. When you start smoking, menthol has over 60% of the initial smoker market. You know what's crazy? When I was- That's gateway tobacco to me. I used to be a smoker back in the day, and um, that was what I had first. See, my my, uh, research, which is verified by the Cleveland Clinic, is now uh, verified by you anecdotally. I started smoking Lucky Strikes. Oh, wow. Yeah, no filters. Because I was in a dumb play that was took place in a concentration camp or in a POW camp. And uh, everybody smokes unfiltered cigarettes. So, uh, And then I was like, oh, this is cool, huh? 
and then and it didn't last long because I just I don't like I like breathing air and running and stuff. Yeah, the difference in my health since quitting has been I quit a long time ago, but the difference has been something really something. And it, 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 that's a catch 22 to me, too, because it's almost like they, they make so much money off of that and then they ban the alternatives. It's very weird to me, the whole thing. I don't even want to get into that conversation. Well, you mean the uh, the vaping and yeah. the flavored stuff? Well, uh, I can understand that, too, because there are connections. Uh, they also have new new numbers out as of yesterday that show people that vape and smoke have no decreased risk in their health. The, the, the risk is still there. And if they the, do both. I, yeah, they do do both. Thinking, I'm smoking less, but you, they're not they're not decreasing any health risk. And vaping, aside from looking douchey, is also um, it's it's the gateway to get you into tobacco or, use. Or the opposite. I know a lot of people that were smokers that went to vape, and they don't smoke anymore. But are their lungs compromised? I mean, who knows? Probably. Because of the chemicals in the vaping. You know what's different about it, too? There was a, um, a an alternative that was put out by Philip Mars called Icos, that it was just a heat stick. It was like a tobacco. It was pure tobacco, and it, it doesn't combust. So you put it in a device, and it just heats it up. And they weren't even required by the FDA to put a cancer warning on it anymore. It was so good. And then some stupid patent dispute stopped it from being sold here. So it was just warmed tobacco that you inhaled. Yes. It wasn't burning. Right. And it mm. created a vapor and it was so healthy. It wasn't healthy for you, but it was so much less detrimental because a lot of the problem for um, smoking comes with the combustion. Well, the tar uh, from and nicotine from uh, the tar in your lungs is bad from when it burns. Not the nicotine, the tar. Yeah, the tar. The nicotine is like nicotine is like coffee, caffeine. It's the addiction. Yeah. So anyway, now let's move on. Let's move on to Joe Biden. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., our president, isn't he special? Very special. He got in a fight with the teleprompter yesterday. Did he? <laughs> I didn't see any of this. So this is the oh first. Oh, my God. Uh, he came out to talk about tackling inflation yesterday just after noon. And he's standing up there and he's not in the White House because he's in the uh, TV studio. You know, they built him yeah. a TV studio because he's his his brain doesn't work well. And so he, they can't put a teleprompter in the Oval Office. So they have to build a TV studio where they have a giant teleprompter. And uh, he still gets into matches with it and loses. Here's a little bit about uh, Joe. Uh the teleprompter still, as uh, Benny Johnson likes to say, remains undefeated. My plan is to make concrete, concrete. I thought, wait, you're making concrete? I now? know. What is he doing? I guess that's for infrastructure. No, he got he 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 missed a, a, a shift. You know, his brain is like a manual transmission. He missed a shift. So he's he's double clutching here. My plan is to make concrete, concrete, common sense steps to bring down the biggest expenses that families are facing. So interesting. He wants to bring down the biggest expenses families are facing, right? That sounds like that's good common sense, right? Um, sure, Mike. Yeah, I mean, when the president comes out and he says, my, my plan, here's my plan. Well, I'd like to hear what that is. So he's going to try and explain it to us. Let's take drug prices. 
My plan will let Medicare negotiate prices for prescription drugs. Like Now, hasn't he been saying Medicare is going to negotiate prices for prescription drugs since he's been in office? Yeah, they haven't made no zero. As a matter of fact, insulin just went up to like when he got took office. It, it Insulin went up. God knows how much people can't even get it anymore. Well, he wants to talk about that, too. But he said he's going to he's going to negotiate. This is for prescription drugs yeah, like they do sure. with the uh, with with the Department of uh, uh, with the military as it relates to what the administration is able to negotiate for prices. For what the hell is he I, even saying? Can anyone please just diagram this sentence for me? The nuns would go nuts. Uh, with, with, with the Department of, uh, yeah. uh, with the military as uh-huh. it relates to what the administration is able to negotiate for prices for military. So the prices for military that we're able to negotiate with the military for the military negotiations for the prices. <laughs> this guy has the launch codes. The only comfort is... He can't figure him out. He thinks it's his locker combination. Anyway, there's more. The cap, and I, I also call for a cap on the price of insulin, which 200 million, excuse me, beg your pardon, 200,000 American children rely on. So that's a big difference, 200 million versus 200. Well, he said, excuse me, Joe. He just, I mean, uh, Mike, he just misspoke. Yes, I know. But it's the constant brain farting. Because they have type 2 diabetes. At $35 a month, costs 10 bucks to make the insulin. They make a significant profit instead of the average price of about $640 a month. Now, granted, $640 a month is a lot of money. If your kid needs 20 bucks a day of insulin injection or you need 20 bucks a day of insulin injection, that's significant. But at what point does the government get to decide how much a company can make in profits. That's not capitalism. That's not the free no, market. No, but the problem is, is that the problem is that the government, for the most part, has funded the research into the, the pharmaceutical industry creating these drugs. And then they're in the pockets of the pharmaceutical industry. So they're making money at the same time as the pharmaceutical industry is. Well, then we should expose that. For example, our uh, financial aid deal, as I understand it with Israel, I have to update the my knowledge on this, but recently in the last couple of years, we give Israel X amount of money every year in foreign aid, right? It might be $4 billion. With that money, they buy defense equipment, but they can only buy from us. So it's a it is a benefit to American defense industries and Israel's also allowed to do medical research with that money we give them. That's like $40 billion less than we've given to Ukraine. I know. And I, I have something on that, too. But if, we, if, we, uh, if Israel creates a new medical breakthrough because we funded it, we own half the patent. We as a country. So that's tied to that. So why don't we own half the patent on, on the insulin? Why aren't we putting that into... Our, our deficit that Joe says he's bringing down, but he's not really bringing it down. Um, but this is a question. So that's one fight with the teleprompter yesterday. Um, he also had a fight with the Constitution yesterday. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, boy. Does that exist anymore? Um, yeah, it's, it's in safes. Oh. Everywhere. And I carry one in my golf bag, too. I always have a copy of the Constitution with me. If you ever see me, 
and ask me, where's my copy of the Constitution? If I don't have it, I'll give you $100. Wow. Yeah. I always have it with me. Everywhere. All right. Here we go. This is uh, another fight with reality, the truth, and the teleprompter. About when I spoke about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. President, why, why do you believe so many Americans believe that your administration is not doing enough to combat inflation? And do you believe that you and your administration bear some measure of responsibility for the inflation that we're seeing across the country? The first is we're in power. That's the first thing. And you justifiably right, we control all three branches of the government. Hello? We control all three branches of government. Uh -huh. It might have two out of three, Joe. Yeah. Um, Schumer thinks, made the same mistake, and so has Jim. Well, because Smart. they think they, 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 for the most part, if you want to look at it, you know, from a real world perspective, they do control the justice, the branch. Well, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But in his mind, he considers the House and the Senate to be two co-equal branches of government when together they are one third. Or he flip flopped and he did a we have the most um, organized voter fraud organization in the history of campaigns at the same time as he did the we own the uh, Department of Justice, uh, you know, judicial system at the same time. That's a good point. Anyway, <laughs> I love that. I, somewhere I have that quote. It's on the Joe Biden soundboard. Uh, all, uh, Joe also took some questions yesterday. <laughs> he had not uh, until yesterday. He had not done a press conference in 89 days. And uh, now we know why. Um, a, a reporter asked Joe about uh, about uh, Rick Scott's statement that Joe Biden should resign. He asked him right to his face. This was this was money. Debating your remarks, he said, and I'm just quoting here, that uh, the best thing, the most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. He's the problem. Resign. The senator added That's later. The senator added later. Joe Biden is unwell. He's unfit for office. He's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. These are his words. Offering you a chance to respond. I think the man has a problem. Can I? So. Yeah, he does. It's you. Well, I think the man he's talking about is the one in the mirror. As Mike Jackson would say, I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Uh, Joe was asked uh, if inflation is his fault. And what do you think he said? He said it's the crazy Republicans. I can guarantee it. He said it's the asphalt. No, here's what he said. Do you take any responsibility for your policies? I think our policies help, not hurt. Think about what they say. He has no idea what the words he's saying actually mean. <laughs> I think our policies help, not hurt. Hurt? Well, okay. The new numbers came out this morning. 8.3% increase. 8.3% increase. It, it's insane how much money we're now paying. And everybody said, well, it was 8.5 last month. Um, yeah, but you were expecting 8.1%. You know, these Not only that, we're at eight. Okay. <laughs> what well, we're at eight? What percent? That 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 that's I mean eight point one. Not uh, Thomas Massey had a brilliant tweet. I don't know if you saw it. We've now sent more money than to Ukraine uh, than we spend on our roads, bridges, and infrastructure. Oh yeah, but we were going to build back better. Nothing's built. Nothing's back. Nothing's better. Um, Thomas Massey was one of the brave 57 yep. who voted against the four, almost $40 billion uh, bill that is Biden's going to sign today. 
Uh, but the the weird thing about this, did you look into the bill and see what else is in there? Well, that's what I was just going to ask. No, I did not. Um, just to give you one example of how stupid we are for allowing this to happen. Before you even say that, they didn't even get to read the thing. It came out at like, what, four and they voted on it like a few hours later? Yeah, Jim Jordan was crowing about it last night with Laura Ingram and, and he's right and so is Thomas Massey. They had less than four hours to read the bill. On page 29 of this bill that's going to send $40 billion, well, take $40 billion out of our pockets and send it to other places, the majority going to Ukraine, is uh, for uh, payment, section 603, page 29, to Ann Garland Walton, who is the beneficiary of Don Young. Donald Young was a uh, representative from the state of Alaska who passed away recently. So why is this bill, which is meant to be a bill that is helping the people of Ukraine, why is this bill the one that they chose to stick this little line in there? Is that to get somebody to vote for it? Was that to bring somebody across the line? How much money are they giving? $174,000. It's not that much. It's a year's salary of, of a congressperson. But why is it in this bill? These are, these are the things that just so so irritate me. But thank God for people like Louis Gohmert and uh, Jordan, Jimmy Jordan, and and Thomas Massey, the people who have the the will to stand and say, no, we're not doing this. And they're going to try and be uh, dragged through the mud by the left, but they themselves are actually standing up for what's right, and I salute them for it. This whole th- I, I have taken on reading the omnibus bills before. I'll just go live and we'll just read it like straight through. And some of the things it's like, like I love when Rand Paul does his little diatribes on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, did you see that Dinesh um, basically took down Fox News, which I don't know why anybody's still paying attention over there anyway. Well, um, I, I saw that he I, I didn't see the story. What's in it? Tell me. He basically says that the. Producers at Tucker Carlson sent him threatening and nasty emails saying they were going to end him because he wouldn't let them air a portion of the movie that makes no reference to the name of the movie or to the fact that they produced it or Salem uh, Broadcasting or anything um, and said, we will end you. Um, And when Catherine Engelbrecht, who, by the way, um, we have a number of reports up about True the Vote and uh, 2,000 Mules that don't have a lot of the things you're seeing elsewhere in them, go to UncoveredDC.com. We put them all in one handy article for you. Um, She wasn't allowed to mention the movie at all. So I don't know if you caught uh, there in Newsmax. Those were the two. So I don't know if you caught Carrie Lake yesterday on Newsmax. Did you? I did not, but I happen to like her. There's something about this lady I think is really uh, good, or am I wrong? I don't know. I'm, 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 the, there's a lot of people who don't like her. There's a lot of people who do like her. I'm the jury's out. She was a journalist who left because she couldn't take the lying about COVID, and she decided that she was going to, you know, run. Um, hold on, I will find this clip and so, play. Wait a minute. So this may be a case like we started the show talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody who's they're trying to take down, even though they agree with a significant portion of what she stands. Yes. Yes. Okay. But she went on Newsmax. And if I can find the clip, it would be wonderful. I didn't have it ready. So I'm searching for it. But she. Well, I, 
I have a brief proclamation that Jen Snarky made while you're looking for it. I found it. So when you're done with that, we'll play it. This is just something I'm going to play over and over again. I think the president said today that he's president. I just. Oh. oh. It's just a little time break there. Yeah. What was that, Jen? I think the president said today that he's president. Okay. He's president. I, I just want everybody to know he's president. I think that all of you should stop asking these questions. Of course, the president is going to go after his enemies with all of the might of the federal government. Why is she still doing the job, even though we know she this is the last week you're staying at the company, right? You've packed up your office. You're walking around saying goodbye to everybody. You're getting all the gifts that everybody's giving you. You're leaving Friday. Just don't come in. Let the girl who sleeps with somebody who's an anchor at, at CNN take over. Let her have her. Her day, the lady who said that, you know, she she um, called Fox News racist. Let her have her turn. Isn't she going to MSDNC, though? Yeah, she oh, is. Of course, that's why she's still doing it here. I got the clip of Carrie Lake on Newsmax. OK. Oh, no. Is this OAN? No, this is not the clip. <laughs> These are not the droids. You're looking These are not. I'm not on, on the ball today. I am seriously not. Seriously not. <laughs> Can we can we have a Biden misidentifying Rick Scott yesterday? Sure. Okay. This uh, Biden was uh, trying to make a point with this ultra mega thing. They've made their intentions perfectly clear. Senator Rick Scott, Wisconsin, a member of the Senate Republican leadership, laid it all out. Senator Rick Scott, Wisconsin. <laughs> you know the way the left gets so mad when someone gets misgendered. We should get mad when someone gets misstate. <clears throat> You've misstated him. Miss That's terrible. State. He misstated. <laughs> I I have to give Fox props because I was I was out and about yesterday listening after I was listening to the press conference and they had the foresight to have Rick Scott in studio so he could answer Biden. What did he say? Uh, he, he just said, look, I, my bill isn't going anywhere because Biden Biden keeps crutching on the fact that. Scott made a proposal. Junior senator from Florida makes a proposal, and it includes raising taxes. McConnell said the day he saw it, this will never see a vote. This will this will be in my pocket. If you're ever looking for it, it's going to be in my pocket. And the left keeps saying, oh, the Republicans are all in on this. And they just so they had Rick Scott there to trash him. And you heard what he said. He said the guy's incompetent. He needs to resign the whole thing. It's wonderful. I have it, finally. Okay, good. It's a minute and 52 seconds, so it's good here. I want to talk abortion here for a second. The left uh, melting down over the potential loss of Roe versus Wade. You're seeing all the same things we're seeing. Uh, And this issue potentially being sent back to the states. They are losing it over this. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I I saw this coming when I heard that this uh, information got leaked out from the Supreme Court. I think it really is a way to detract from Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules. There's no way that they can take what they've seen in this movie, and I've seen it now twice, and in any way try to tear it apart. The left is great, the media is great, the fake news is great at lying, misleading people, but Dinesh D'Souza in this movie has laid out the mules that trafficked our ballots in, and, and funneled in hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots into our into our election in 2020. And they're trying to detract from that because there's no way that they can discount what is in this movie. It is black and white. 
And I believe they're trying to create a, a situation in America where cities are burning and people are talking about anything except the election of 2020, which was stolen. It is a shocking movie. Of course, we've known about it because uh, we, the, the, many of us in the America First movement have been following our stolen, corrupt election. This lays it out. It is despicable what happened. And it was obviously organized at a very high level. Now watch the beauty of what she does. The, the, the movie that uh, obviously is that uh, it's premiering tonight, I think, at, at Mar-a-Lago tonight. Yeah. Actually, and, uh, but, but really quickly, uh, you, you mentioned abortion, and yeah. I believe they leaked this out at this moment because they don't want to talk about what sh- is shown in this movie. But when it comes to abortion, and you talked about it, Rob, it really should be states' rights. Every state she should pivots right back to the abortion question and still gets her point out. See, she's a very skilled media person. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what she did for her entire yeah. career. So, 20- yeah. This is a, a network anchor right at, in her home state. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they refuse to talk about it because they're probably like I did Joe Pags last night, uh, Mike, and we talked about this, too. Like he asked, why are Republicans backing away from this movie the way they are? And I said, because they're freaking in on it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, a, lot, a lot of people are like, uh, I don't know, Dinesh, you know, he made a campaign contribution. I'm like, shut up. I, not only that, but it, Dinesh is not the movie. No, it's Catherine. It's true. The vote. It's an unimpeachable bit of data, a mountain of data that you cannot put a personality on. It, it is without agenda. It's just the data. Yeah. Yeah. Then it, it's I don't know. I mean, like, I think that a lot of them are blackmailed to the point where they can't do anything about it or they will personally be destroyed. Now, I, I, that might be a tad extreme for me, but that's okay. Well, look at Georgia. Look at Kemp. All the money he's taken from China. All I mean, he's got, you know, I mean, there's no other reason for this. There's no other reason for it. Other than you don't want to take the whole machine down and be the one responsible for doing it. If we had just had people with some backbone when this was all happening, like, for example, they all sent their letters in to Pence saying, please don't do this. Give us two more weeks to do our analysis. We think there are things wrong from all the states. You remember, right? Yeah. If that would have happened uh, two months before instead of two weeks before, we probably wouldn't have had Joe Biden in office. But people were too chicken shit in plain English. Well, a lot of that and I'm not making excuses for anyone's chicken shittedness. Uh, But a lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that for weeks and weeks, we were told that the Kraken was going to be released. Now, hold on. Hear me out, because I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm strong on my belief on this. We as people, we as people in the middle that you like to call more legacy based, which I, I know I am. Uh, we got tired and tired every Friday. The Kraken's going to be released. Here comes the Kraken. There's the Kraken. And then there was no freaking Kraken. Yeah, but. I'm almost done. Until Dinesh comes out with the fucking Kraken. (laughs) Look, that's not true, Mike. What you're saying is not true because there were court cases that I was covering and no offense to you was not allowed to talk about on a lot of interviews, including yours. Be honest. No, that was certain stations. Okay, so I wasn't allowed to talk about them. And they were real court cases in front of judges. We weren't allowed to say the election was stolen. We weren't allowed to say anything 
about that. We had to be so careful how we tiptoed around it because God forbid someone comes out and says, like I had a story that the Democrats admitted to breaking election law in their lawsuit. They admitted to ballot harvesting in Pennsylvania against the law. And I proved it. And it was it was this was when there was a lawsuit in Pennsylvania ongoing. They were admitting to it. So it wasn't just the cracking of electronic voting machines. There were hundreds and hundreds of witnesses coming forward with with photos. They wouldn't let the um, observers in in the days following the election when they were doing the final counting. Like there was so much going on and not it was never just the cracking. It was just that that was a very convenient way for the more legacy minded people to seize on something, saying nothing else was going on when there was a mountain of things happening, numerous examples that had nothing to do with machine voting that we were all screaming about, but nobody would listen. So to me, it's frustrating. Like from your perspective, that's what you feel. And that's okay because that's what you were experiencing. From my perspective as a reporter, not being able to get this information out to the people because there were, I want to say the P word, station managers and networks that refused to let the American people hear that their election was stolen from them, which we now see proof of the definitive proof of is, is the most frustrating thing to come out of 2020 for me. I understand that, but the Kraken never came from Sydney and, and Rudy. And I do think that was a problem because the mainstream media seized on the inconsistency and, wow. and, and that that was the deal. And they were also threatened by by um, popular opinion, which was driven by the mainstream media to say you can't call it that or you will be. Look at Donald Trump thrown off Twitter. Uh, look, at they were all being threatened with their livelihood. Yeah. And, and they still many people still put all of that on the line to try and save this thing. You just told me yesterday, didn't you? Wasn't it you? Yeah, yeah I, I, I sent you a quote from uh, Judge Janine Pirro. And what was the quote? The quote was that the uh, Dominion lawsuits were tossed out. The D- Dominion lawsuits against Rudy and uh, uh, what's her name? I Sydney just mentioned Powell. Sydney Powell. And uh, there's not a peep in the mainstream media. So they lost. I can't even find the report of that. I'm going to find it. And if it's I- not there, I'm writing it. I went to um, clarify it or at least put a foundation under it. And I, I did a, a short search on the Google machine and I didn't see it reported anywhere, which then seems to bring credibility because I don't think Judge Janine would put out fake news. No. And I'm surprised Rudy's not talking about it, though. That's a good point. I'm going to look at the cases. It's very easy. I can just go look at them and see what's going on. And you're then so I'll much, know. You're so much smarter on things legal than I well, it, it's just kind of something I'm very interested in. So it's like a hobby of mine anyway. So it's fun. It's not a hobby. It's a it's a um, you have a calling. Oh. Uh, I, have a, I have a couple more things I would like to get to before we get out of here. Sure thing. Number one is Tim Scott taking uh, Janet Yellen to the woodshed yesterday. Did you did you happen to watch Tim Scott with Janet Yellen? Do you think he's taking her to the woodshed or do you think he's he's just in his very mild mannered way? Saying something that he thinks everyone wants to hear. No, I think this is as woodshedy as Tim Scott gets. He is mild mannered. He's not going to stand up and take you apart the way Jim Jordan would. I think this is Tim Scott doing what he normally does. I think he's a classy dude. Okay. I, 
Wait, do you have a problem with him? I do. He's my senator here in South Carolina, and I do have a problem with him. What can he do more? Um, he, after the election, said that he didn't um, think that there was any fraud in the election, but he was going to start a commission to investigate the fraud in the election. Okay. He's, he's, a, he's a guy who follows the playbook. Now, had, did he start a commission? No. Well, then I'd have a problem with him. <laughs> he just well, said, I don't believe it, but I'm going to start a commission for you guys anyway. Well, it, then I would say, okay, but when he doesn't start the commission, then you have a right to go, hey, dude, where's my commission? But yesterday he was talking with the Treasury Secretary. Now, that's a person, when I think of the, uh, the topic of abortion, I think Treasury Secretary. Right? I know. That's the first thing that comes into my head. I, the, he's right about what he says to her, by the way, too. But yeah. Yes, he absolutely is. Here's the, here's the short version of uh, Tim Scott's schooling, the Treasury Secretary. Did you say that ending the life of a child is good for the labor force participation rate? Now, I'm, first of all, that, that question, you can hear him say, it's almost like he, he just did the cartoon thing where the person says something to somebody and their face goes all rubber and they go. Yeah, yes. And then he goes, did, did you just, what did, did I, you just, you just said, and then you got to hear yelling because her voice is a cartoon too. Did you say that ending the life of a child is good for the labor force participation rate? One aspect of a satisfying life is being able to feel that you have the financial resources to raise a child. In many cases, um, abortions are of teenage women, um, particularly low income and often black. As a guy raised by a black woman in abject poverty, I'm thankful to be here as United States Senator. I, I thought that little punctuation at the end just puts it all in perspective. By the way, I was raised that. And, and you might want to check on... Um, this guy, Clarence Thomas. Yeah, I, there are so many examples of this. Like there are now people standing in New York saying, because my mother didn't have a choice, I'm here. Um, the, the picture of the woman who has the sign that says, I wish my mother had aborted me. Yeah, then just take care of yourself. Get it over with. I mean, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, it's, a, it's a called a very late term abortion. It's called <laughs> being, <laughs> being 20 something and too stupid to live. Seriously. Uh, I, and then there's a couple other stories that caught my attention that no one seems to be talking about. Okay. Uh, the um, attorney general in the state of Virginia, a newly elected attorney general, the first Latino elected to that office, um, they, they found a bullet in his office that then a bullet hole in the window in his office at the state capitol. I don't know if have you heard this story? I, I did. I saw it because of you. And well, thank you. Um, but it, it's um, it's not national news. Somebody shot through the window of the attorney general in the state capital of Virginia and no one's covering it on the mainstream media. And in in one of the local stories, my buddy Chris Plant pointed this out to me. Uh, he said in the local story where they covered it in in the capital, uh, they said, um, a housekeeping or house cleaning crew, like the, the the janitorial service that cleans up the office every day, found the bullet. And then later in the story, the same story, same author says, 
Uh, law enforcement found the bullet. Mm. So who found the damn bullet? Or did we deputize the cleaning crew? <laughs> yeah. And and this goes on as Virginia is is now dealing with Walk By Wednesday with all the protesters going by all five conservative justices who are alleged, maybe all six, who are alleged to be voting to uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade. That's going on today. Did you see Alito's neighbor, what he did? Oh, the guy playing the piano. Yep. I thought that was brilliant. I didn't um, I, I didn't click on the video. It's uh, he's playing a, like a Christian theme, a yeah, song. Yeah. A hymn. Uh, uh, yes. Good for good for him. Drowning out. Good for him. See what I said? Yeah, you're good. Uh, uh, and then there are two other stories real quickly. James Cromwell, the actor for I remember him from Babe, which is like 30 years ago. You know, the pig. Yeah, that's how old. Oh, no. That's a really old movie. Uh, but he uh, he was in Manhattan yesterday and he joined the protest of all the um, offendanistas and uh, they glued themselves to the counter of Starbucks. Yes, I saw that. Um, and they glued themselves to the counter because um, vegan milk costs more than regular milk. And they think that's not fair. They they think that's unfair. Um yeah, like that's yeah, okay. And so the people who were there gathered he but he's in his eighties and he climbed up on the counter at Starbucks in Manhattan and glued his hand to the counter, which you know, if my grandfather had done that in his eighties, we'd be taking him to the home. <laughs> this guy this guy can't be trusted. We took the car keys away. He glued himself to the Starbucks. I think I have if they're chanting in this clip, you will love the chant here. Oh, this is CBS doing their dumb thing, but they're chanting. Um, they're chanting. Maybe this is it. Here, here you go. Starbucks has admitted that cow's milk is the company's biggest contributor to its carbon footprint. And Starbucks agrees that vegan milks are a big part of the solution, but it still charges for them. So he's reading from a prepared statement and he has a free the animals shirt. And um, then then the uh, the vegan chanters are there and they're chanting about cows don't want to be separated from their babies. Um, and so so this is these are just nuts. These are a gathering of nuts. Why aren't they so? S s oh, Lord. OK, I'm not even going to go. Why? Why doesn't anyone teach these people economics? Why that, doesn't anybody teach them the value of a human life? Oh, that's true. That would be well, that'd be going too far. Uh, they they only want to worry about the uh, the fact that their vegan milk costs them a little bit more. And you're in Starbucks. Could you be paying more for coffee that you could get cheaper at a diner right down the street? You know, for five dollars a month, you can support Uncover DC at uncoverdc.com slash support. Would would uh, would we send you vegan creamer or something? <laughs> you can use one of our great mugs to drink your own home brewed coffee. And you can keep your feet warm with the socks, <laughs> which I'm obsessed with. And then there's one more story that I'm absolutely happy, thrilled about. And I just wonder what you would do. The guy in Florida who's on a 12-passenger single-engine Cessna plane, oh. and the pilot crashes, not the plane, he himself was stricken with something and incapacitated as they're approaching Boca Raton, Florida. Did you click on that story? I did. I did. He lands he, it. He lands the plane. He has no idea 
The pilot's out. He's on the floor of the plane. This guy grabs the microphone. I don't know, I don't know what's going on here, but the pilot's on the floor, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And the tower goes, okay, uh, what direction are you headed? He goes, I have no idea. <laughs> when, he, when he tells the tower, I have no idea, but I can see the ocean on this side and the beach on this Yeah, side. he didn't even know what direction he was heading or anything. He's like, I could see the Florida coast, and that's about it. And then the tower said, well, uh, just keep it level. We're going to try and find you. So they're looking at radar screens, trying to figure out where this plane is. It's a little Cessna. And if you've ever been in one, they're delightful planes. But if you if you don't know how to fly, I'm sure this guy needed new underwear. But they brought him in and they guided him and he landed that damn plane. And the only person who went to the hospital was the, the pilot who got sick. He landed the plane in, in, in spectacular fashion. With zero aeronautical experience whatsoever. Is it not the greatest story ever? Fantastic. It's actually now booted right up to the top at Citizen Free Press. I love that. And it is it is um, the ultimate payback to all the dumb Florida man stories I have done. I salute you, Florida man who landed the plane. We've got one more that just popped up here. It's uh, Bateau, as they like to call him. Let's just listen to him and then we'll call it a day, Mike. All right. Do you believe in any limitations on abortion, whether it's the third trimester or up until even the final months, nine months? I think Roe versus Wade, which we should remind ourselves is still the law of the land today, is the 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 reference point that I would look to. And the, the way I think I can best express this is that I trust women. We should all trust women to make their own decisions that are in their best interest for themselves, for their health care and for their future. So no, no limits whatsoever. No, no. That's what the law that's uh, voted on today. I I don't know what time that vote's happening, the Schumer bill. But um, Casey said he's going to support the Democrat side, of course, because he's he's part of the Democratic Party, even though he's leaving. But Manchin is going to support the um, the GOP side, the conservative side. But that bill will allow um, abortions up until birth. That's disgusting. Yeah, it really is. These people are ghouls. Demons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to end it on such an unhappy note. That's okay. We'll talk about Florida Man. It's all good. Florida Man, we salute you. I will drink to your great landing today, sir. And but it, <laughs> it will not be. It will not be with vegan milk. No, and we will will be back on Monday. Um, so you have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with the very happy Mike Opelka. Beans. 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 <laughs> you can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We'll see you on Monday. Osmosis, amoebas. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. The hot topic in MMA has to do with the podcast that I love to listen to every time they post the episode. That's the pivot. They had Dana White on there. And uh, so, so here is my kind of my, my general takeaway from this one, Daniel, is why are people surprised it came off as a PR interview for the UFC and Dana White? I don't know. I mean, I think we know that this is the landscape of 2022 media in that people who are power players in sports or really in any type of, you know, entertainment, et cetera, 
are not going to put themselves in a situation where they have to answer tough questions, right? Like the only place you'll find that nowadays will be, I don't know, the United States Congress when you're testifying or a courtroom when you're Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. But because there are so many avenues where someone can easily communicate what they want to say, people are not going to choose tough places to go, right? Like you can go to a place like the MMA hour and Ariel will usually ask you a difficult question or two, but there aren't a lot of places where those people who are going to hold your feet to the fire again and again and ask you difficult questions, they're not going to get that opportunity, bro. I mean, it's as simple as that. When you're talking about a podcast, it's basically produced by, you know, you got ESPN personalities on there, former athletes who aren't journalists, et cetera, per se, you know, they're former athletes who are, you know, Ryan Clark, football analysts for ESPN, really. Yeah, it's not a shocker. We will probably never see Dana White give another hard interview again. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.